Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, let's talk about it. The Super Bowl, an hour ago just finished. The Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions. What a great game to watch. It was a fun game. I uh, was hoping the Saints uh, – Saints? What game was I watching? I was hoping the Kansas City Chiefs would win. Um, and they did, but it was uh, – they made me wonder there for a little while. But the game ended, and all is over. And then uh, all that's really left to talk about now is – you guessed it – that halftime show. Now, I want to straight out of the gate tell you that there's probably going to be some mature content in this episode. As a matter of fact, I know there will be, so I just wanted to give you a fair warning there. And uh, I got a text from one of my best friends and mentors, Pastor T.J. Francis, pastor of Sovereign Grace Church in White House, Tennessee, right after the halftime uh, performance. And he encouraged me to do a podcast on this issue and this subject, and I thought that'd be a great idea because we need to talk about what happened in the halftime show. But more importantly than that, we need to talk about what's happening in America in general. You see, we watch a football game. We watch grown men play a child's sport. And let's, be just, let's just be real. These are grown men playing a child's sport if you want to get down to the nuts and bolts of football or any other sport, which I love sports. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed watching the game. I enjoyed the fellowship having my family over uh, to, to share a meal and watch the game together and just fellowship with one another. And it's good to get together, watch, watch sports. Watch sports if you want to. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing sinful about watching sports. However, we get to this halftime show and if you didn't see it or if you haven't heard about it, social media is blazing right now about the halftime show. show. Uh, if you didn't see it, basically it's the same halftime show that's ever existed for the past 10, 15 years, in my opinion. Uh, I can't remember any time there was a family-oriented, wholesome halftime show. There may have been. Maybe you can think of one. If so, you can let me know. But what we saw, if you watched it, I had to walk out of the room. I had all I could stand. But if you watched it, you saw th- not even half-naked women. Like you, used to, we would say, oh, man, that, that woman's half-naked up there. But now we have women on, on stage in front of millions of people three-quarters of the way naked, shaking her hips, shaking her booty, putting it in the air, dancing very sexual. And then when J-Lo came on tonight... Um, I just had all I could stand after watching Shakira and kind of turning my head even through that. And uh, I don't even know what that tongue thing was she did that was weird. But I, I didn't, it's just, I had enough. And then J-Lo comes out and shows her booty in front of everybody. So I, I walked out. And then when I came back in, I get on Facebook and social media. And I see that it's going crazy because there was a stripper pole involved in this. Now, I never expect to watch a halftime show and it have some family-oriented message to it. I never expect to watch any halftime show and see a biblical worldview portrayed. I never expect to see 
uh, God put on full display and the sovereignty of God put on full display and God getting glory from a halftime show. So I don't expect that. So don't give me, don't hear me say that I'm, I think there should have been something that there wasn't. And I wish there was a God honoring halftime show. I really do wish that, but I don't expect it from my worldly, uh, position that the NFL and all the entertainment world takes. So I'm not, I'm not really just getting bent out of shape on it, not being as wholesome as it could be. And here's why. Because our world has normalized sex. It has normalized pornography. It has normalized a hookup culture. And we have made this part of the norm instead of it being taboo. Now, I can remember back when I was 13 years old or so, my family got the internet for the first time. And this was AOL. And I know many of you listening may not have a clue what AOL was or is. Uh, but it was AOL dial-up internet. Not, not. We didn't have Wi-Fi. We didn't have DSL. We didn't have anything but dial-up, making those awful sounds when you would log on. And then you got to hope somebody's not on the phone because you couldn't use the internet. That they were. But let me digress. I remember as a young, curious child having a friend over, and you know we're boys, and I don't condone this. Not all boys are like this. I wish I wouldn't have been like this, but the curiosity got the best of us. So we wanted to try to find naked women, right? So doing this, we would look it up in this AOL search. We would try to find them on the Internet. And even when I was 13 years old, you would still have to have a credit card to be able just to see a picture, a video, whatever. Like there was nothing on there free. You had to put in a credit card number and all of that stuff before you could ever even see anything. But then you fast forward. You see how we have normalized this so much is all of a sudden now we have cell phones, we have Wi-Fi, we have the technology that has been upgraded tremendously from the time I was a young teenager to now we live in a culture where you can pick up a phone, you can get on any computer, and you can log on and you can put in a Google search and you can find anything and everything you want and they will never ask you for a credit card and as a result we live in this sexualized world because we have sex at our fingertips we can uh, pull it up and look at it whenever we want to we can uh, go to anywhere and and look at any movie and it's going to see sex in it because sex has become the normal in our culture pornography has become the normal in our culture and years and years and years have gone by and culture is changed dramatic. I'm trying to make up words dramatically, uh, drastically and dramatically. And believers are kind of on the sidelines, just saying, "I wish it wouldn't happen like this. I wish this wouldn't do this. I wish sex wasn't so normal in our culture today." We're not doing anything about it. We're not saying anything about it. What we are hearing, though, is a group of people in our society that are standing up and saying, "Stop devaluing women." Now, you need to value women. Stop treating women like pieces of meat. You need to treat them as equals. You need to uh, change your ways. You need to do things differently. But here's the deal. We have a group of people saying stop devaluing women, but our American pop culture shows just how much they value women when they parade them out in front of millions, three-quarters of the way naked, shaking their butts, in a very sexualized way. 
for all to see, men, women, boys, girls. We see so many people watching the Super Bowl halftime show. We see so many people in the stands that are there watching, and they're seeing this happen right before their eyes. And you have these same groups of people that are saying, stop devaluing the women, but we're running and parading them out there because this is normal. This is the pornification of pop culture. This is the sexualization of pop culture. This is what America has wanted. And until they stop running people out and parading them half naked and making them twerk and dance and do stupid things on stage in front of millions, things will never change. There will, there will always be rape. There will always be women being objectified. There will always be abuse of women. There will always be divorces. The, the children without fathers will increase. Crime will rise. The family will be degraded because we can't fully value women if society and culture continues to push sex and the devaluing of women down our throats. Now, you can look anywhere and everywhere. Anywhere and everywhere. When I say anywhere and everywhere, I mean anywhere and everywhere. Open up a random magazine. See if you don't see some sexually charged, and it may be subtle, but it's, it's going to be there unless you're looking at like, I don't know, like Chess Digest or Checkers Digest. I don't know. And even in those type magazines, I don't even know if those exist, but uh, you can think of some of the most uh, mag crazy magazines that probably wouldn't have anything in there, but they still might. But you can open up any random magazine and you will find some article, some picture that would ha suggest sex or there would be some woman showing cleavage or something else. And it could be subtle or it could be just right in your face, but we're going to see it. Go watch any movie. I remember when I was a kid, PG-13 movies were not near as sexual as they are now. You have to be very careful when you go to a PG-13 movie because you might just see a lot more than you want to go see in a PG-13 movie. And this is parental guidance for kids 13 and under. Think about the times when you were small. PG-13 meant maybe there's a few extra cuss words in it, right? But now in our sexually charged culture where porn is just accepted and okay as the majority rule, you're going to find these things, and even the PG-13 movies, and even PG movies are getting a little more risque with what they're doing. So even the G movies, when you think about Disney and some of the things that they're doing and, 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 and putting out there, and the TV shows for kids and having uh, homosexual partners when they're in their teens and in high school, we're seeing these shows come across our TVs, coming across Disney Plus channel, if you have that. It's coming across, and it's trying to indoctrinate the children that we have now to grow up and say homosexuality is okay sex outside of marriage is okay looking at sex on tv or or the internet or your phone it's okay because we live in a different time we live in a different world now where sex is normal when used to it would be taboo now you can look at magazines you can look at movies you can look at tv shows you can look at billboards you can go to the mall and you're going to see something that is going to promote some sort of sex because our culture because it's the norm it sells people are always looking for it we are visual people and we see things and we like things and then we may buy things or go watch movies specifically because of the type of scenes we may see in there. Can you think of a movie right now that has brought in millions and millions of dollars and there's even part twos and threes and I don't know how many parts there are? 
And um, my mind has gone blank right now, but it's the, the one, something about Fifty Shades of Grey. I think that may be the name of it. This is a sexually charged movie. That's all it's about is sex. And there are men and women alike flocking to this. Not only is it in the movies, we see it in books. Books that we, romance novels. We see it on TV shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Sex has infiltrated our world in such a way that it has become the normal part of everyday life. And instead of talking against it, we just let it happen. Why do we let it happen, especially believers? Here's the problem I've seen on my social media timeline tonight. I have seen believers and or people that say they're believers and unbelievers alike say that they have enjoyed the halftime show. They thought it was amazing. They thought it was great. They thought it was beautiful. They thought the women were beautiful. They thought the dancing was great. Now, these are believers that are saying this. Believers that are enjoying the raunchy filth that we saw on the halftime show. Now, I would venture to say that if you claim to be a believer, yet you loved what you saw on the halftime show, you need to check your heart because you might not be a true believer. And let me just clear this up. Just because you got baptized at VBS 20 years ago doesn't make you a believer. Just because you walked an aisle and repeated a prayer after a pastor doesn't make you a believer. The Bible's clear that none of those things are in there. The Bible says to repent and believe the gospel. So you may be hoodwinked into thinking that you are a true believer when you truly are not. If you can look at things in our society, one, as the halftime show, and not be disgusted over the sin that has been flaunted in front of you, in front of our children, in front of our families. If you can look at it and not be mortified and mourn over the thousands and millions of people that are watching this and enjoy it. But if you can look at it and you can say, man, I really enjoyed that halftime show and you claim to be a believer, then you may have affections that lie elsewhere and they may not be with Christ. Because if you are a true believer, this halftime show should appall you. You should want to speak out against it. You should want to do things to try to change the culture around you. Listen, let me just be clear. There may be no way that you and I could change the NFL stance and whoever puts together these um, halftime shows. We may never change this. We may never reform the halftime show in the Super Bowl. But one thing that we can do is when we start to stand up for biblical convictions, when the Bible says flee sexual immorality, not run to it and embrace it, when we truly understand the Word of God that says flee don't lay with the immoral woman. Don't look at a thing that, that we shouldn't look at. Don't lust after a woman. When we understand that sexual immorality is a sin, that we can fall into great danger when we give ourselves to it. Instead, when we run from that and we actually flee that, as Paul says in the book of Corinthians, then I believe we can stand up and we may not change the Super Bowl halftime show. But we might just change the culture around us in our area when we take it seriously enough to speak against it and to speak against it from a biblical perspective, not a not even a family perspective, but a biblical perspective, because when you speak from a biblical perspective, then you're going to speak from a family perspective. So we have to be understanding of the culture we live in. Yes, it's normal now. 
It is frustrating for a believer, but a believer can't just sit idly by and let this continue to happen around us on a daily basis. Now, I'm not saying stand up and, and act all weird and crazy about it, but I think conversations with people in our midst about the gospel, about the Bible, what the Bible says about sex and immorality. If we have these conversations, I believe that we can start to change ourselves. We can start to reform within us. And then when other brothers and sisters that claim to be brothers and sisters start hearing the biblical perspective on things, then they can begin to change. And it and change starts with one person. You don't have to go change a thousand, a million people. You start with in your community, within your family, within the people that you're you go to church with, within the people that are in your community with you. You start to proclaim the gospel and take the Great Commission seriously, then that is what's gonna overturn and overtrain over uh, overrun this sexually uh, rampant culture that we live in. Now, sin is sin and it's gonna be here. It's gonna it's gonna happen. But if we take the answer which is the gospel, and we take our calling as believers seriously, then we will proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ into the lives of the people that we come in contact with. And it takes one heart to be changed. You never know what heart that may be. It may be the person that is over getting the acts together for the halftime show for the Super Bowl. They may say, no more. We're going to make this family-oriented. We're going to make this awesome we're going to make this great. It's going to be good. We're going to have great entertainers, but they're going to have clothes on. It's going to be fun for the whole family. It's going to be good for the immoral, wicked person as well as the righteous person. What I mean by that is believer and unbeliever alike can enjoy the halftime show. It may be just that person who God changes, and it may be somebody around him that it changes as well or her, whoever does it. The gospel is the answer to all of these sins that we find running rampant in our culture. We can't just keep watching it and hoping somebody else changes. We can't keep watching and listening. We have to start pushing back. When they say stop devaluing women, and they are speaking loud, turn on the news, turn on your TVs, your social media accounts, you're going to see that people are talking loud when it comes to devaluing women. We have to be loud right back, not in an aggressive way, not in an angry way, but we have to be as loud as they are, and we have to push back and say stop devaluing women for all of America to see. Stop devaluing women yourselves. If you truly care about the woman and her value, then you will stand with us, whether a believer or not, and you will speak against the devaluing of women. Believers, we should stand against the sin and preach the gospel into the lives of the people that will hear and hope and pray that God will change the hearts and minds of the people and the culture around us, and we will see a reformation begin to take place when it comes to the sexual activity going on in our world. It's a sad day when we have high school kids hooking up for the sake of hooking up with no thought of marriage in their future with this person. They're just hooking up, going from one to the other, and that's normal. We have things like Tinder where you can swipe one way or the other. I don't know how it works. I've never been on Tinder. I don't ever intend to be on Tinder. But I hear that you have to swipe one way or something if you like the person, and I don't know how it works. But people are hooking up off these sites, and that's all it is is hookup sites. And we used to call them booty calls back in our day, but that's all it is is a booty call, and they're normal normalized in our world today. 
And we have to stand up. We have to be the ones that stand up in our culture to say this is wrong. This is not what God has called his people to do. He has called us to stand against this, to fight against this, to war against this, because the flesh and the spirit are at war, Galatians chapter 5 teaches us. So we even find the believer warring with and fighting against and fighting the flesh and the flesh winning and giving in to things like Tinder and pornography and uh, watching and enjoying the halftime show. Just because somebody watches the halftime show doesn't mean that they're an unbeliever, but if they have no remorse over that sin for watching and if they have no desire to change, if they love it, then there may be a problem. And I would dare say there is a problem in the life of that person. So we have to preach and proclaim the gospel in our communities if we ever want to see any type of reform when it comes to the sexually charged culture that sees pornography and sex as a norm and not as sin. So we have to raise our voices. The old adage or the old saying of preach the gospel if necessary, use words, no, that's not going to fly. That's not what the Bible teaches. You will not find that in the scriptures. We need to preach the gospel and use the word of God to preach it. It is only through the word and by God's grace that things will begin to change. So we must be willing to stand even if we're the last man standing, even if we're the last one in a faint cry, in a loud cry, whatever the Lord has for us. If we are the only ones speaking against what's happening in our culture, it's worth it to stand and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ in hopes of seeing people changed and saved by his grace so we can see this sexually charged culture overturned by the grace of God for the glory of God. Those are just some quick thoughts from the Super Bowl halftime show. I know they were quick. They were uh, jumbled at times, but and maybe even a mess, but I had to get on here and start the process of talking about this because it is everywhere already, and it will be everywhere in the coming days. So I want you to be prepared. We got to stand up. We have to unite as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we have to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Until next time, God bless. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode.